0614-0303. This is the Morning Drive on News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here and joining us live in studio. Of course, if you're joining us in studio, it's got to be live. Um, it's the Republican Party chair in Vermont, Paul Dane. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Kurt. Good morning, Anthony. Good morning, sir. Thanks for coming in on the snowy morning, the first snowy morning of uh, the season. How yeah. are the roads out there? Uh, they're getting better. You know, I, I ran into, I was a little bit uh, late coming in. Uh, we had a couple accidents where I am coming in from St. George on 2A. Uh, but the road was clear enough. We got past, just, you know, slow down, expect an accident or two, and uh, just take your time. There you, there you go. go. Good advice. Uh, now, Paul, we're going to get into talking about the convention a little bit uh, later on in the segment. But first, I want to ask your reaction to two things. One, Tuesday night was not a good night for the Republicans nationwide. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a thought that uh, Glenn Youngkin was going to turn the legislature around in Virginia. And he centered on uh, one of the big issues in his platform was 15-week abortion ban. Went down in flames. Mm-hmm. He didn't did hold the House that he had and lost the, lost the Senate in Ohio. Uh, another abortion uh, measure, a constitutional measure, was passed that was on the pro-choice side, mm-hmm. big time. Kentucky, there was a was thought to be a rising star attorney general, uh, attorney yeah. general Cameron, uh, black candidate, very seemingly very charismatic and articulate, but uh, lost to the Democrat. Mm. Um, what's the first of all? What's the message there, do you think, to Republicans? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that as I was looking at the results. Uh, It's certainly a mixed bag. And what's interesting to me, too, is that all those races that you mentioned got uh, a lot of attention. And if you look up here in New England, uh, there were a number of seats in New York, uh, New Hampshire, even Connecticut, where Republicans flipped some local municipal races. So the you know, the stakes are a little bit lower there. But it it just uh, I, I think it it speaks to the fact that Republicans are very good uh, on those most local levels where they can connect to their voters that, that it's really won and lost on knocking on doors and meeting people and getting to know the candidate and getting away from some of the um, you know the uh, the media attention uh, that that we did very well in the Northeast uh, on those local races. Well, they flipped a seat in the Bronx. Did That's you see right. that? And, yeah. and another seat in Long Island that have been. Yeah. Democrat, I mean, virtually forever. Yeah, yeah. So there were, you're right, there were some spots where direct campaigning and out of that whole myriad of that national Yeah, but, but but that doesn't, right, that helps us for a city council municipal races, but but yeah. we care about the races that are up higher on the ticket. Right, sure. and, 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 I'll, and I'll, I will say in New York City, because I did read that article, there was a shocking upset there, but ultimately, though, they didn't pick up any actual seats in New York. It stayed the same for the Republicans, but... Um, but but I think the overall question though is what is going to be the impact of abortion on next mm-hmm. year's election uh, elections, including potentially in Vermont? Because obviously this has become a big issue, and with the results yesterday and the results in the pre in the midterm elections, you know that the Democrats are going to use the abortion issue big time. And so, in your mm-hmm. opinion, as the Vermont Party Republican chair, do you think that issue is going to be wrapped around Republicans next? Uh, I, I think Democrat. It's the only thing that Democrats have that's working for them. That's yeah. it. They're not running on the economy. They're not running on really climate change that much anymore. Well, uh, it's it's mostly abortion, 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 abortion. For, and if for and if they try to run on climate change or or the economy, even locally, um, 
S5 was jammed mm-hmm. through. The governor vetoed it. And this is, we're going to start to see some of, some of those repercussions coming very closely. Yeah. So they have to beat the abortion drum. But how it, can they do that in Vermont? Because that, we have a constitutional that, amendment. It's that, done. That, it's that's done right, here. That's right. You, you, there's a, a sense in which kind of they, there isn't anything more the pro abortion side could ask for in Vermont. And there's virtually, uh, you know, under current under current uh, circumstances, you've got to amend the Constitution to change it. So that's a big, long process that requires a vote from the people. And we had 70 percent support, you know, the uh, uh, the constitutional amendment that we have. So I, I it's, it's it'll be interesting to see what Democrats try to do with that, because there's just you, you can't move any further to the left than what we already have. And it's and, and, and it's virtually enshrined. Uh, yeah. It's in the Constitution. So short of fundraising on it, I, I it, it's interesting. It's going to be an interesting situation in Vermont. Mm-hmm. But as you've always said, the top of the ticket can can well. Can it, and, and so I think it, it gives force. you know if if we run into the 2024 election and Democrats are just pounding the table, abortion, 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 and everyone's Vermont's like, no, we, we settled that. that. Yeah. And Republicans are out there talking about public safety. We're talking about the housing crisis. We can't build the houses. We don't have uh, housing, you know, for people that are, are living here. We talk about workforce thing. I think that's a huge advantage for us because uh, voters are going to look at and see, Democrats are talking about a problem that's kind of settled that they settled mm-hmm. two years ago, and Republicans are talking about the things that are affecting me every day. They're affecting my kids or affecting my my family, making yeah. it hard, making it unaffordable to live in Vermont. And so, in terms of looking forward. I think that can give Republicans an, an advantage if we stick to those pocketbook issues. I'll give you an example, though, Paul. Um, I was talking to a young lady, young to me anyway at this point, in her 40s. She's a, a school teacher, and uh, she said, I, I'm, I'm with the Democrats because I don't want my rights taken away. I said, what rights are you talking about? She, as you mentioned, abortion. Mm-hmm. And she didn't, I, I didn't seem to know that, Good abortion has been settled here in Vermont in a way that goes as far as you can possibly go yeah. on the pro-choice side. Yeah, yeah. So, so that I, so there's still some of that out there that people just still think mm-hmm. because it's a national issue that uh, abortion might still be an issue here in Vermont. Right, right. Could it be? Could it get overruled? Could uh, at the national level, and could there be national legislation that would trump, so to speak, uh, Vermont's constitution? Uh, I I think that's going to be. Tough. I mean, I'm not a constitutional lawyer, but I. Um, you can play one on the radio, though. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I don't. I just don't see that happening for some of the things that the reasons that Nikki Haley laid out in the debate in the debate the last one and again uh, last night that you just don't have enough. Uh, you don't have 60 vote majority in the Senate. You know, uh, and and I don't know that we're going to get a, a pro life 60 vote majority in the Senate. So I just don't think that there's going to be any federal action. And to be honest, Republicans have been talking a long time. This is a state's rights issue. This exactly. is a, the kind of issue that is very sensitive and needs to reflect the people that want that whatever the the the, the decision the people in those states make, the, the laws of the state need to reflect the electorate of the state. And so I think the idea that that people are talking about a federal solution when for, for 30 years we've been asking for it to go to the states just seems disingenuous to me. It, it ought to be a state's right. Well, issue. yeah, it, it's super hit, hypocritical, if nothing else. I'm like, you can't beat the drum saying it's a state's issue. Kick it to the states. 
and then say, well, now we're going to federalize it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand like there was a legitimate say, you know, a legitimate uh, thought process that it shouldn't be de- de- decided by the courts. It should have been legislated. But I still think that it should be legislated at the state level and have laws that reflect the people of that state. So who do you think? Do you think anybody won the debate last night, Paul? Um, I, I don't know that anybody won the debate. I think the most improved was actually, uh, you know, Chris Christie, because it was the first debate that, you know, he didn't get, get booed at all. And he seemed to take take it much more. You know, he came out the first two debates as just a Donald Trump wrecking ball. And I think he started to show people what his candidate is. His, what he would be as a candidate, trying to articulate a positive vision for himself and not as much a negative vision for Trump. But I thought it was interesting that the first and the last question were very much framed for all of the candidates. Why are you a better uh, candidate than than Trump? And I, it's, it looks like it's getting to the point where some of the candidates are taking Trump on a little more directly in a way that I don't think they did, certainly not in the first debate and maybe not even in the in the second one. Do you put anything on the, I mean, there's the abortion issue from Tuesday night, mm-hmm. but then there was also the issue, as, as I mentioned, the Attorney General Cameron in... in uh, yes, um, Kentucky. Kentucky, right. Um, he was very articulate, very smart, and et cetera, yep. but he was also sort of attached to Trump. And he was uh, endorsed by Trump, but he also had sort of hitched his wagon to Trump. And it seems like that seems to be a losing proposition. Sorry, are you saying the attorney general candidate or the governor candidate? The 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 attorney general candidate for governor. He's the attorney general. Of oh, okay, Kentucky. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I thought uh, when another interesting thing is all of the other Republicans in Kentucky running statewide right. won. Yeah, and I think t- to be fair, I think that there's there's a case where you run against an incumbent governor. Uh, it's always a tough slog. I think uh, when I looked at the last governor ranking, almost every single governor had a net positive um, approval rating. So in any state, whether you're in Kentucky or you're you're in you know Oregon, it's tough to take out an incumbent governor. What I thought was interesting is the attorney general in that Kentucky race uh, took uh, took a good position that was popular in terms of increasing voting access. You know, they they increased the number of days that uh, people are able to vote early. And that was sort of a departure from some of the things that you hear from a lot of the Trump crowd. And uh, and he won on that message saying, you know, uh, I think Kentucky and a number of states, Virginia also did this, getting back to this message of Republicans need to get their votes in early. We, we cannot win if we hope to be down in the fourth quarter and going on election day and, and hope to make up all the ground. You just can't do it. And in Virginia, they made gains on that. They did better in getting votes in, uh, locked in early. This whole Bank Your Vote program the RNC has been doing was adopted in Kentucky. But then they went out and lost. They did. They did lose, but they still improved on their gains. Um, And some of that, you know, I don't I don't know all the details in in Virginia. It wasn't a silver bullet, but the the margins were closer in some of those races in Virginia. And and in Kentucky, the uh, the secretary of state candidate won on that on that message of making voter making it easier to vote and harder to cheat. There you go. All right, we're going to take a real quick two-minute break, and we'll be back. We're talking with Paul Dame. Uh, If you want to join the conversation after the break, Triple Eight. It's the Morning Drive on FM 96.3 and AM 620. News Talk WVMT.
I was born in a small town, and so was my co-host Anthony Neary, both at Middlebury Border Hospital. And yes. me too. And all Paul right. too. Where were you born? Uh, uh, Porter Hospital. Porter hey, Hospital. All three really, of us. Yeah. Hey, and, and I then, was there Friday for six hours. And then Anthony grew <laughs> up in Middlebury. I grew up in Virginia, and you grew up. Well, I, I grew up first in Shoreham, and then moved to Brandon when I was in sixth grade. Shoreham. Yeah, right. There you go. See, yeah. we're right. representing today. All right. There's a there's a road in Shoreham called Dame Road. Yeah, there is. Oh, wow. Named after Paul Dame. Yeah, the only thing on it was our farm. So. <laughs> All right, Paul, we got to get into the, we only got a few minutes left, so let's get into the convention. Yeah. Uh, give us the details of, I know you talked about it one other time, but give us the mm-hmm. details of when it's happening, what it is, and you, now you have some guest speakers lined That's up. That's right. Yeah, so it is coming up next Saturday, November 18th. It's going to be a full day event. You know, in uh, uh, we've tried to to make this a larger event than we've had in the past, and so we kind of have two tracks there uh, for our kind of internal policy or um, you know, party leaders and, and people who are already members of the party to get some training on how we can be more supportive uh, of of candidates and do the work that the party needs to in terms of identifying voters and turning those voters out. So we've got kind of a training track for people who are already involved. And if you've never been involved and you want to check things out and see what's happening, and, and uh, we've got a series of six policy panels. One of the problems we've had in the legislature is that the Democrats control, the, not only do they control the outcomes, they control the processes. So that means that the Democrats uh, have all the committee chairs. They decide what you're going to talk about, what you're not going to talk about, right. who's going to come in. And we said, we're going to change that for the convention. So we have uh, six different policy panels that are going to be moderated by elected Republicans. So we've got Senator Randy Brock, Representative Casey Toof, uh, Chris Matos, uh, Mark Higley, and Donahue and Eric McGuire are all going to be leading a policy panel on major issues that Republicans are trying to uh, advance in the legislature but just aren't getting a hearing. So it's going to be public safety, health care, housing, uh, energy costs, uh, workforce development, and education. So, so, so say somebody's listening right now because we've mm-hmm. been talking a lot about this. Um, uh, and this upcoming session, there's going to be there's a lot of things that are happening, yeah. and there's an opportunity here if you've if you've always been frustrated or you you want to figure out how to be involved or at least have a voice mm-hmm. or understand the process. This is an open call. That's this right. coming is next Saturday, the 18th. And mm-hmm. literally, you can just go and and be on these panels and and talk about these issues and learn how the process works. And maybe maybe you're motivated to run, maybe you're not motivated to run. Yep. But just just get involved at a at a grassroots level. So this yeah. is an open call, basically. Yeah, and it's an opportunity to come and meet some of the Republican legislators. I think that there's you know certainly a, a lot of national messaging that happens that mm-hmm. that cast Republicans a certain way. And I think in Vermont, we've got a really good. Group group of people and and the people that uh, some of the folks that complain about where the Republican Party is, I I want you to come and see some of our legislators in action, what they really want to do and are trying to do. And it's a chance to to evaluate whether or not you want to get more involved. Uh, And so, yeah, it's open. Uh, You know, anybody can can stop in. If you can't come for the full day, that's fine. You can come for part of the day. And we've got a few major speakers that I think can draw people. Yeah, I've seen a couple of the names. Who are they? Yeah. So for our breakfast that starts at 830, we've got uh, Grover Norquist who is the president of Americans for Tax Reform. Uh, so he's uh, kind of one of our main keynote speakers during that breakfast time. Uh, then at lunch, we're going to have Georgia State Representative Misha Maynor. She was one of the, uh, she was an elected Democrat uh, and then switched to become a Republican earlier this year because the Democrats in Georgia were not being helpful on the two issues that her constituents cared about, 
Public Safety and Education. So she's going to talk a little bit about what it was like to get elected as a Democrat and why she didn't just drop from the Democrat Party. Why did she become a Republican? Why did she feel like the Republican Party was the one that was going to help her and her constituents address public safety and education? Then to close the night out, after we have our elections in the afternoon, we're going to have a reception and a former U.S. Senator and former Ambassador to New Zealand, Scott Brown, uh, is going to be there with his band, Scott Brown and the Diplomats. And so they play, you know, classic rock covers from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. So, yeah. And let's see, Scott Brown uh, took Ted Kennedy's seat. That's in, right. Yeah. If folks, folks remember, that was a big election. He's still, I think, the only Republican to get elected from Massachusetts in the Senate in the last, like, 55 years. And he did it all because of the issue of health care. It was Obamacare, and that was the the... Uh, Obamacare couldn't go forward the way they wanted it to because they got that one extra Republicans got that one extra vote uh, in Massachusetts thanks to Scott Brown's win. And then he lost to Elizabeth Warren. That's true. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, so that's an interesting, interesting lineup of guests you have. Yep. And uh, so give us. We're just about out of time. Again, give us the time yep. place again. Just so it's going to be. Uh, we're going to start at from eight thirty in the morning. We'll have stuff going on until probably about eight o'clock at night on Saturday, November eighteenth, and that's going to be down at the Hilton Hotel in uh, in Burlington, right on Battery Street there. And what time does Scott Brown speak? Uh, so Scott Brown will be on uh, probably around five thirty. We're getting a schedule. If you're on our uh, email list, you already got the schedule. We're going to post that up on the website later today as well. So it's easy to find out. If you want to get involved, uh, vtgop.org. Yep. There we go. You want to grab a quick phone call? Sure. Let's Let's grab a quick phone call. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Yes, good morning. Uh, Quick question. Will Governor Scott be at that convention? I uh, contacted uh, his his staff, and he is unavailable that day. Uh, Doesn't surprise me. Just I think it says something. I think it's a shame. I believe that uh, the person at the top of the party is really letting us down. Well, I I would like like for him to be there too. And you have spoken to him about it. Uh, yeah, I talked to his staff, and and uh, you know I put it on their calendar early on, and um, just they're not able to make it. So all right, it's, it's a busy job being governor of the state. Paul Dane, Vermont's Republican Party Chair. Paul, thanks for being on the morning drive. Thank you so much for having me, and hopefully uh, we'll see folks there on the 18th. Yeah, it's a great idea. If you want to get involved, the 18th, vtgop.org. Check it out. All right, we'll be back. We're going to check in with Fox News. Amanda's got the headlines.